You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Now today, I have with me a great friend of mine by the name of Alex Eccles. He is an author, he's an entrepreneur, he represents young millennials, and he's an all-around awesome individual. Alex, thank you for joining us today, mate. Thank you for joining us on the Addicted to Success podcast. Man, thanks to you, Joel, as well. I appreciate you. Uh, welcome me here and I look forward to just sharing as much value as I possibly can with the audience today. Much appreciate it. Hey, no problems, brother. You know, it's funny. Uh, we're both mostly living in Australia, but I'm actually out in LA, which is uh, your old country because you, you're actually from the US and you're back in my old country in Australia. So <laughs> Yeah, 100%, man. I actually just got back into town uh, in Sydney and I'm only going to be here for a few more weeks, but I just got back in town from a five-week adventure throughout Croatia and also Vienna and Austria. And honestly, man, it was five weeks of the best times I've ever had in my life. And the reason that was is because everybody that I was traveling with, everybody that I was connected with on this trip, no one wanted anything from anyone. It was purely just to connect. It was purely just to, you know, get to learn more about another person. And I think that's why we became family and we became so close over the last five weeks. And um, yeah, as Joe said, I'm back in Australia now, putting my head down for the next five weeks or so, just going to work, uh, promote my, my book that just became number one as much as I possibly can and, and, and see how much I can actually help other people. And then I'll be actually heading to where you are, Joe, uh, five weeks from now to Los Angeles to keep building and just to see some of my old friends and see my family and everything. Great to hear. Look, dude, you just launched the book with two other authors. It's called The Two-Week Notice, right? How to discover your passion, quit your job, and impact our world. And I love that, man. I think um, impact is the number one thing. You know, a lot of these uh, entrepreneurs that I interview, uh, successful individuals that I interview, you know, once they get to that level of success, they realize it's not just about them, that it's about we, right? It's about the world. And I love how you say impact our world, not the world. Tell us a little bit about this, man. Like, how do we discover our passion and how do we quit our job? Yeah, so just starting off, man, you know, originally we actually had quitting your job as the number, the, the first part of the subtitle. Then we had discover your passion. But then we realized that you have to discover your passion before you can take any big leaps of faith. You know, so before even discovering your passion, you need to be awakened within and understand what passion is. But you also need to figure out what are the things that you like. You know, because you can't find passion without first finding the things that you actually like in life, right? So one of the biggest ways that I suggest to college students and uh, high school students and even elementary students that I, that I talk to is you got to try out as much as you possibly can, whether that's in school, extracurricular activities, or just in life in general. You always have to be willing to live a life of curiosity. You know, so within college, for instance, I tried to do as many classes as I possibly could. Um, and that's something that I suggest to so many people. Even when it comes to your corporate job, within the first five years that people start, millennials uh, start their corporate job, within the first five years, they switch their job at least two to three times. And that's because people are starting to realize that life is not meant. It's not meant just to 
find one thing, commit to that one thing, and just live your life for the rest of your life. You know, people actually tapping into what does it mean to be passionate about something? What does it mean to find something I actually love doing? What does it mean to share and have impact in the world? And I think more millennials are starting to tap into that. And then that's the reason that so many people are starting to quit their jobs as, as well, man. So when it comes to finding your passion, it's just you got to live a life of curiosity. And then from there, you will have the the tools, you will have the the sort of tips and, and sort of influences from individuals that will help you quit your job, where at least that's something that one of the reasons why we, we've created this book, Andrew Salini and I, is because we see that the millennial generation are is a generation of people who is not necess- necessarily self-entitled, but we are, you know, we do have self-interest in, in creating a beautiful world and a better world because, you know, even when we look at the planet that we're living in today, we're using 1.5 uh, percent of the earth's resources and that's something that will leave us to some sort of culmination of, of, of pain and, and and torture at the end of the day but you know that's one of the big reasons why we have entrepreneurs that's the reason why we are opening our eyes we are quitting our jobs because we want to give back you know we want to help the world we want to help as many people as we possibly can and um, that's what impact in the world means to me man and I know that I speak on behalf of a lot of entrepreneurs today as well yeah, that's a great answer, Alex. So how do we know it's time to quit our job? Oh, man. Now, that's something. And, and this is the reason why I love the fact that there was three of us writing this book because it's different for everyone. You know, I can speak only on my behalf when I knew it was time for me to actually quit my job. And uh, I, 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 my last job that I worked in the corporate world, I worked in entertainment industry. And while my job was the dream job for so many people in their minds, it, it wasn't necessarily for me because I wasn't making a big impact. So about eight months into that job, which I was there for three years, I knew I started getting these sort of inclinations that I was ready to go. You know, I was ready to move forward. I wanted to do something big. I wanted to create larger impact within not only my life, but outside as well. And honestly, I didn't listen to myself enough because if I did listen to myself enough, I would have had the courage to move forward. Now, two, you know, you fast forward two years later, the universe started throwing bricks into my life, basically saying, Alex, you need to move forward. You know, you need to follow these dreams. You need to follow these goals because it's only by us following these goals and our dreams that we can create the lasting impact. We can create the largest impact, not only within our lives, as I said before, but within the lives of other people. So for me, I knew it was time to go when I was blessed with this opportunity to go travel the first time for 25 days throughout the Caribbean and South America, and then the second time for me to travel throughout all throughout Europe, the Mediterranean, uh, for about 55 days. And these are opportunities that were presented to me. And the second time, I had the choice. I had to make a choice. I had to either quit my job and go to my bosses and tell them that, or I, had, I, I couldn't go out and travel. And for me, we already talked about me being a globetrotter. And this is a, a quote that I absolutely love from a book called uh, Honeymoon with My Brother that I read a few years ago. And it says that travel is the only investment that you can make in life that has a guaranteed return. And that's something that's always stuck with me. The things that we learn when we go out and travel, the people that we connect with, you know, it, it's just such a beautiful investment that we can make into our life. And that's when I knew that it was time for me to move forward. And I know that not everyone is going to have such a big event that pops up in their life that allows them to move forward. But if you do have that awakening of the dreamer within you, as we point out in the book, if you do have these inclinations that you do want to give back in major ways, you do want to quit your job, then, you know, 
one of the big things that more and more people are tapping into to, to tapping into today is following a heart. And with following your heart, you'll know the time when the right time it is to quit and move forward. Okay, and when you say following your heart, because I think it's a great point. When you say following your heart, how do we do that? You know, is it is it as simple as going, uh, this is what I spend most of my time on, this is what I think about the most, or is it a little bit deeper than that? Is it a bit more of a spiritual thing? Man, it goes deeper than all of that. You know, it goes into deep, deep, deep personal development work. You know, ever since the age of, I would say, 14, 15, you know, from the south side of Chicago. So I didn't grow up with personal development as something on my bucket list. You know, so it's something that I naturally um, and, and blessedly so started transitioning into and to the likes of Tony Robbins and T. Harv Eker and, you know, individuals like that. And it was that deep personal work that allowed me, number one, to see that there was something actually possible outside of what society was telling me was possible. And that's the same thing when it comes to entrepreneurship. That's the same thing that comes to people who do want to leave their nine to five job. You know, people first need to see that it is possible. And unfortunately, a lot of people are not seeing that it is possible. You know, so just going back to your question, it's personal development, it's personal growth. It, it, it takes that deep, deep self work for us to be able to understand what our intuition is. And our intu- intuition is connected to us following our hearts. Yeah, beautiful, Alex. One area that I feel that you um, have really tapped into that I see you're passionate about and that you really excel in is branding, really branding, design, uh, positioning yourself as an authority in your market. So what advice would you give to others that have a passion that they've found, they want to quit their job, but they just, like their, their designs aren't right, their branding's not right. Like what advice would you share with them? 100%, man. And for me, just to give a bit more background on where I come from as far as business development and branding, I worked with a few of the, the largest animation but also uh, live action studios in Hollywood for multiple years. And I've been working in branding and marketing and business development ever since the age of 16. So I had a pretty young start. So for me, w- the advice that I give to individuals when they say that, oh, my branding sucks or you know, my, my design skills are not that great, You have to understand that we have tribes, we have people, we have networks here so we don't have to do everything ourselves. You know, it's a quote out there that says, if you're the the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. I strive to be the dumbest person in the room. And that's the same thing that I suggest to other individuals. So when it comes to your branding, when it comes to your marketing, when it comes to your design, if you can't do it, just one, hire someone else to do it. And if you don't have the funds or the means to hire someone, you can barter. You can barter your skills for someone else's skills. Because at the end of the day, as millennials, yeah, we all have these desires and these big goals to become you know, the next Richard Branson, the next Mark Zuckerbergs, but we all have to start somewhere. And by bartering our skills, bartering what we're good at, we're not only lifting ourselves up, but we're also lifting others up as well. And then, you know, there's so many different applications out there. Like you have Canva, you know, you have Photoshop, you have online courses where the people can teach you how to use Photoshop in a very simple and basic way within the next five days. You know, it's not about the resources, it's about how resourceful you can actually be. That's great. I was just about to say it's about being resourceful and you just hit the nail on the head right there. It definitely is, man. It definitely is. And I also think that people have a lot of excuses, right? It's easier to tell yourself this... Uh, story of how hard it really is and and then like you gotta look at it do you want to be stuck in a cubicle working a nine to five making somebody else money for the rest of your life 
or you want to suck it up a little bit and go, I'm going to look at what's in my tool belt right now and what do I have around me and how can I really leverage off that? And I think that um, that's really what defines the successful from the unsuccessful, right? 100%, man. And that's something that Tony Gaskins um, talks about. He's either, he says that you're either going to help someone else create their dream or you're going to go out and create your own dream. And that's what it comes down to. It comes down to the courage for you to actually say, I don't want to stay in this position because I know that this position has a ceiling. You know, I know this position does not allow me to create that impact that I would like to do within this world, within my life and for other people. So I want to go out and actually create these, these dreams, manifest and reach fruition for my goals in my own life. Yeah, Tony's a legend. I, uh, I'm good friends with Tony and... You know, he uh, really inspires others to step into their greatness. And I think that that, uh, through your book, The Two-Week Notice, you encouraging others to find their passion and also, you know, taking that leap of faith and having the courage, man. I really think that that's what people need, man. They need that courage and they need to know that they can tap into their greatness uh, if they really want to impact the world. So let's go a little bit deeper with the book are there any strategies uh, in the book itself that you feel are really just a uh, golden uh, to anybody that's uh, just starting out in maybe playing with the idea of making a change like moving away from your typical nine-to-five job yeah man and before we even get into that I'd just like to point out a few what I consider to be some daunting stats and the reason why so many people are turning into entrepreneurship you know, like for instance, let's start with one of the best ones for me that 92% of young millennials believe that business success should be measured more than just by profit, monetization, money making. You know, today we look fo- we focus more on the impact as we said earlier. So it's like how much can we actually add value to other people's lives? Are we actually protecting and, and, and you know, keeping the planet moving forward in a very methodical but in a very natural way? You know, so it's much more about the bottom line. It's moving into the triple bottom line and the quadruple bottom line even as well, man. And, you know, the truth of the matter is 10,000 baby boomers are retiring every single day. So that means that over 60 or 70 million people that are um, working belong to the millennial generation. And we see that what our parents were doing cannot work for us. You know, because we do have to, uh, we do need to enact change within the world if we want to continue living in here for millions to billions of um, years to come. So just hopping into your question regarding strategy and everything, man, uh, there's multiple things that I touch on in the book along with um, Andrew and Selena. You know, we talk about the initial thoughts that come when we are leaving our job. We tapped into that already. You know, you have to actually listen to your intuition. You have to follow your heart. But I think that's great purpose in you finding mentors as well. There's so many millennials out there, I think more than ever, that, re- that recognize the importance of having a mentor. And a mentor can be someone that is within a few years of your own age, or it can be someone who's 20, 30 years older than you. But it's someone that has more wisdom. And that's something that we're taking from baby boomers. We're turning to them because we know that they have the, not only the necessary skills, they not only have the necessary skills to create the world we live in today, but they now have the wisdom and the experience to help us, you know, basically 10x the way that we're not only thinking about our lives and our businesses, but how we can actually create and enact change within the world. So as much as that's not a necessary strategy for individuals, that's something that is very necessary for individuals to, individuals to grasp the fact that you must go out there, you must find a mentor. And you must be a mentee for other you must be a mentor for other people as well because the idea of 
you know, taking and just keeping it for yourself is not the way of the world anymore. It's all about adding as much value as you possibly can to other individuals. So once you've been mentored or while you're being mentored, go out and mentor other people. You know, I love this quote from high school that it was along the lines of you give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day, but you teach a man a fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. And that's the same thing when it comes to finding your own guru. It's the same thing that, find, that it comes to finding your mentor, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that, man. Anyone that's super successful that has achieved something massive in their life, they credit at some point in their life to uh, you know having a mentor, having at least uh, people around them that they can bounce ideas and get that kind of live feedback from. And uh, you raise a really good point about that, man. I know that um, you know for me, especially, I I have, I have so many mentors, but they're all on different levels. And the funny thing is, we are mentors to other people too, without even knowing it. Right, and I think the more open-hearted you are, the more you are open to uh, wanting to impact the world. You are going to be uh, inclined to want to share advice with others and help each other out. So, um, you've been doing this for years, man. I know that you've been an entrepreneur for quite a while now. You've been uh, representing a lot of young entrepreneurs for a while now. What would you say has been one of the biggest challenges for you as an entrepreneur coming up? Honestly, man, so many challenges, and that's something that all millennials, all entrepreneurs, all entrepreneurs. Just people need to hear in general that it's not as easy as what people may think it is. You know, they think that you're going to get a few extra hours a week to just chill and have a fun time. And, you know, you're going to have so much more freedom. But honestly, when you become an entrepreneur, your mind never stops running. Because the purpose of an entrepreneur, people become entrepreneurs because they see problems. You know, and with those problems, they're always looking for solutions. And with those solutions, your mind's always racing. And that's one thing about it is you need to, to be able to tap into mindfulness. You need to be, be able to tap into uh, meditation is what's something I believe in because your mind just never stops running. And that's one of the biggest struggles that I actually have a problem with. I won't say that I have a struggle with finding funding or I have a struggle with finding the right people to help me promote my work and for me to work with and all that because it all starts with myself. It all starts with my own personal responsibility. And for me to remain sane and for me to actually, you know, work as efficiently as and effectively as I possibly can as an entrepreneur that I do need to figure out how can I slow down at times? How can I quiet my mind? You know, how can I be more present in my relationships when I'm actually there with that person or those people and not be thinking so much about work or what I need to get back to? Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And I think you spoke for a good 90 to 95% of the entrepreneurs out there when you said that you know, we can't switch off, like our mind keeps racing, <laughs> you know, I think meditation has been a complete game changer for me, I know that you've gone the extra mile, and you've done uh, Vipassana, right, which is, how many days is that, it's like 10 days straight of meditation, is that correct? Yeah, it's actually about 11 and a half days, they, oh, wow. they don't necessarily tell you the truth, um, I'm not supposed to talk too much about it, man, but over those 10 to 11 and a half days, you're, you're meditating at least 10 hours a day, and the idea behind Vipassana is just to quiet, quiet everything. So there's no writing, no speaking, um, no gesturing. And also, you're supposed to get to a point where you're not really thinking at all. You're supposed to be able to sit down and be so serene and so peaceful within yourself that you can sit down and just, you know, assess and see nature as it is without objection, without subjectivity, you know, just being there. And being able to accept life, accept nature just as it is. And that's the same thing that it comes to when we talk about entrepreneurship sometimes, man. There's going to be so many things that come up in our lives as entrepreneurs that we didn't previously see coming. 
or maybe we had no idea it was going to ever come. You know, it may set us back a few extra yards or a few extra feet, whatever. But the idea is for us not to react to it, but to be proactive and figure out how can we continuously move forward. And that's one of the biggest things that I've taken away from Vipassana. In addition to just being a lot more peaceful and a lot more understanding of where other people are at within their journey. Because not everybody is going to be on my level, not everybody is going to be on your level, and not everybody is going to be on the same level. We're not always going to see, by, see eye to eye. But if we have that, that recognition and we have that, that sort of awareness that that is what it is, then we're going to be able to accept and love people for who they are. And that's been a big, big takeaway that I, from Vipassana that I've been able to apply within my business life as well. Yeah, and I'm sure that you've uh, been able to brainstorm uh, some pretty incredible ideas and you know, new new ventures and projects probably have come to your mind while you've quietened the mind and, and balanced yourself out. Yeah, man. And and I, I think that's the, the scary part about it because you are supposed to quiet your mind. <laughs> uh, and the first time I did it, I've done it Vipassana twice now. And the very first time I did it, it was over the 11 and a half days or so. And by the 11 and a half days, the beautiful thing about it was the thing, the things that lasted in my mind for those 11 days, I realized and I knew without a shadow of a doubt which, which things were most important. Because you can only retain so much in your head over the span of 11 days because you're thinking so much. Your first time, if you go and you're quiet and all sort of spectrums of, of what it means to be quiet and you're quiet in your mind, then I salute you. But from someone like me and other entrepreneurs, we were there and we were just constantly, minds going and going and going and going. So by the time I actually finished, I knew what was most important. So that you're, you're darn right when you say that I was able to come away with a bit more clarity, a lot more clarity with not only my business, but within life as well. Yeah, that's great, man. And I think as well that um, one of the things that can really go against us is not really opening our eyes and seeing the big picture as such because we're so like thinking about all the processes and all the steps i think those that are really involved in that business you know i can say that from experience i'm sure you can too i think the biggest thing is like stepping back and be more of an observer right Mm. and just observing and seeing what is really going on because a lot of the time we're just acting unconsciously throughout our day right we're just kind of we're into those habits good or bad and uh not much changes from day to day exactly man we're just reacting to everything you know Mm. we're not being proactive you know i like this the the metaphor of the thirty thousand foot view you know the bird's eye view is another way of looking at it and it's the idea of within your life but also within uh your business looking at things objectively objectively looking at things as they are so when it comes to your business, it's the idea of you working on your business instead of in your business. So it's the idea of you being the linchpin, you being the watchmaker instead of you being the cog and the watch itself. That's that's a great one. We'll definitely have to quote that one for sure. So, dude, you have worked with a lot of young uh, millennials, right? You've been yes. a part of uh, a lot of movements. You've been a part of a lot of events. What has been the most astounding event or experience you've gone through just being in networks of incredible people? Man, that's a tough question, bro, because uh, over the last 10 years of my life, and as I said earlier, being from the south side of Chicago, it's something that was not in my radar. It wasn't anything that I looked forward to one day. You know, my biggest sort of desire back then was for me to actually make it out of Chicago and make it out of life. You know, so over the last 10 years, I've been looking at every sort of opportunity and event that I've attended as something that could possibly change my life and that could change my life. You know, it, some people say that it's really bad to have expectations. 
because it does lead to frustration. And I agree to a certain extent. But when you have expectations that everything will always work out and that life can be a beautiful uh, journey as it is, then every single event that you go to, you're going to learn something from. You're going to meet um, amazing people. You're going to connect in, in un unseen ways. So if I could answer that question, what is the best event that I've been to ever? Man. Back when I was 13, there's, there's these retreats that I used to be a student and be a participant of. And later, I started running them. And that's been the biggest sort of changes because that was the sort of catalyst that has changed my entire life. You know, I was the biggest catalyst to begin my life, I, I would actually argue. And for me, connecting with other individuals that didn't see eye to eye, you know, just going back to that idea. I didn't understand why other people didn't see eye to eye with me at that time. I just knew that I wanted to get to where I wanted to be, you know. And for me at that time, I had individuals on my left and my right. You know, they talk about you have the angel on one side and the devil on the other side. That's where I was 10 years ago. I had individuals who were rooting me on to take that role less traveled. And then I had other individuals that wanted to tell me, just stay here, Alex. Just stay here. Be like us. Be just like us and just stay here forever. And luckily, I chose to go the right way. I chose to go the road less traveled. And that's the thing. That's the event that's been the biggest catalyst of my life. Now, there has been many other events that have really helped me pivot and figure out and get more clear on where I want to go um, in my life. You know, just a few weeks ago, I attended something called Awesomeness Fest in Croatia with 250, 300 of the baddest and I do mean the baddest entrepreneurs in the world, man. People who are so dedicated to impact in this world. People who, you know, own hotels. You know, people who are giving back in major ways through writing, through speaking. You know, people who are dedicating their lives to others. Yes. And you know what? I love this, man, because I know that, you know, coming up as an entrepreneur back in the day, for me, I did feel that disconnect between social groups, right? Between my, my old friends and then obviously making new friends. But at the same time, I, I didn't think there was anybody out there that thought like me. I thought anyone that was kind of in the field or the place that I wanted to be at that was so far away. But it's funny, man, the more and more you get yourself involved uh, in the arena that you're passionate about, in the industry that you're in love with, you do start to find that it's a small world after all, right? You start finding that there are people just like you. There are networks and of, of people that uh, share the same interests and passions. You just need to start putting yourself in those positions. And I know that in your book, The, the Two-Week Notice, you talk a lot about uh, networking. Like, What would you say is, is the um, best way to network and connect with people? The best way to connect and network and to build your network and to, and to build your connections is to be as authentic as you possibly can. Simple as that. Be who you are. You know, don't go into an event. Don't go into multiple events. Don't go into life in general looking to just take, take, take and take, take, take some more from other individuals. Look to add value. Look to figure out how can you help someone else with what they're going through or what they have going on within their business, within their life, whatever they possibly need help or assistance with. That's the way to build connections. You know, for honestly, I, I pride myself on the way that I can go out and just, you know, build massive connections. And I honestly have to give it back to two of my best friends and, and mentors, uh, Benjamin and, and Carl, because they taught me something beautiful when it comes to the life of business. It's not about you trying to take as much as you possibly can and you trying to make as much money as you possibly can. 
It's about how can you add so much value to someone's life that you change it, that you change the course of someone's life, that they live the most extraordinary life that they can ever possibly dream of. That's how you build connections. That's how you build the most, the most powerful network that you possibly can. Not caring that, oh, this is my network, but this is our network. That's most important. Yeah, that's a wonderful answer. Look, dude, we're going to go on a, just a quick answers here, right? We're going into like a little fire round here. What is your favorite quote? My favorite quote, man. Can I give two? Is that cool? Yeah, go ahead. Shoot. Yeah, so the very first one, and it just goes back to um, young when I was younger, about 10 years ago, that helped me with the catalyst that I had in my life in, in Chicago. And it's by Eleanor Roosevelt. It's the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. And that was something that has that rocked my world when I first heard it, that the future only belongs to those who believe in their dreams, who believe in their goals, because it all starts with the belief. You know, I, I, I tend to think that if you believe you can do something, then you're already halfway there. So that's one of my favorite quotes, man. And another one, just thinking a bit more futuristic terms is, if you don't know where you want to be in five years, then you're already there. Simple as that. <laughs> I love it. What is your favorite book? My favorite book would have to be, man, it's like my manifesto. It's called The Napkin Notes on the Art of Living. And it's by a guy named Michael Durst. He's a PhD. I think he may be from Chicago, but you know, I was just looking up uh, my favorite books a few days ago because I want to put together a list of, of books that have like changed my life and have been a, served as a very pivotal role. And the funny thing about this book, man, I think it has less than 20 reviews on Amazon. So it's not a book that got a lot of press or a lot of people know about, but somehow I knew about it. It fell into my lap. You know, it was a book that my mom had from like the 1980s or so, and it, it brings in Western and also Eastern philosophy um, into psychology mixed in with notes that he wrote on napkins over the, the span of 15 or 20 years on life. And it's been something that is that is helped me so much because what he talks about in the book and on the napkin notes is that we are 100% responsible for everything that happens in, in our experience. And it's based on the meaning and the reactions that we give to those life's events that allows us to figure out how we're going to move forward or, you know, for the lack of better terms for some people, how what, what keeps us from not moving forward. Yep. Beautiful. All right, Alex, and what is your favorite movie and what is the lesson that you've learned from this movie? Man, what's my favorite movie? Um, I'm just going to just throw it back to 1996 and say The Lion King. Uh, there's something about The Lion King every time that I watch it that is just powerful. You know, whether it's about Simba growing into the man that he always dreamed of or the man that he didn't always dream of, but he had the courage to pursue. You know, that's a big lesson that I could take from that. Another lesson that I take from that is integrity and loyalty to the people that love you the most. You know, so The Lion King, without a doubt, I, I consider myself to be young Simba at times, whatever, you know, but that's without a doubt my favorite movie, man. And I think it always will be. <laughs> but now, now I feel goofy because it's like, I know the exact year it came out, 1996, <laughs> 27 years old, but you know, it is what it is. There's so many lessons to be learned from that movie. Uh, look, man, my favorite is Space Jam. Michael <laughs> <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> so I feel like a little kid too, but hey, look, man, I think that um because we dream so big, it probably even bigger than we do now, right? Dream so big back then and that really inspires us and it's okay to to rewind your mind now and then and go back to when you were most inspired. So 
Thank you for bringing uh, bringing it back and rewinding the clock a little bit there. <laughs> no worries, man. No worries at all. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And uh, you know, just touching on the the word manifesto, you brought it up earlier. You have a three year manifesto, right? Yeah, I do, man. And it's actually something that was written down um, that I created just to to write down and to read every single morning, just so I can speak the next three years of my life into into fruition. So it all culminates on October 5th, 2018 when I turned 31 years old. And that's what I'm working towards. That's what I'm speaking into existence every single morning that I, I wake up. But I went a, a step further and I actually recorded myself speaking over a track. You know, So the idea of our subconscious working much stronger than our conscious does for us. So I just put it on every single morning while I'm walking or running, whatever I'm doing. And I listen to my own voice, speaking my own life into existence, speaking my own dreams, my goals, my biggest desires into life and, and my life into existence. And it's something that I've been sharing um, not only with some of my closest friends, but I've been doing as a social project actually back in Chicago. Because I think that, I don't think, I know that us having goals and being able to write these concrete goals down and actually speak them and say them over and over and over and over and over again for the next three years that we can't do anything but be rewarded by the universe that is powerful stuff absolutely powerful stuff have you got uh any instructions on this like anywhere online because i think it's yeah, an man. awesome exercise or is it in the book is it in a two-week notice no nah, man unfortunately it's not in the book because we wrote the book um uh a few, we finished the book a few months before I started putting together Three Year Manifesto, uh, but it will be up on the website that I'll give you guys at the end of our podcast today, at the end of our interview. So, but I know without a doubt, man, I'm doing it as a social project in Chicago because I know that it has the power to enact change within individuals' lives. And I, if I know that speaking things into existence, the universe rewarding us, and just having the courage to dream and being aware uh, being aware of what it means to dream. If that can change my life, it can change anybody else's life. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> so, dude, we are getting close to the end of this interview. Uh, just before we do wrap up, where can we get the two-week notice? How can we get our hands on the two-week notice? Luckily for me, the domain was easy 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 to find man so it's the twoweeknotice.com simple as that you can go you can find a bit more about the book you can learn a bit more about um the co-authors andrew Celine and myself and also another beautiful thing the co-author of of chicken noodle soup you know chicken soup for the soul not chicken noodle soup i'm thinking of the song but chicken soup for the soul and also one of the master teachers of the secret and the best-selling author of abundance now lisa nichols uh, provided the forward and the just the frameworks of what people can expect for our book. So a big shout out, big gratitude and big appreciation goes to her. But for individuals who want to go to the website, it's the twoweeknotice.com, as I said, and you can learn so much about the book. And from there, you can go and purchase the book and you can you can start your journey. I would love to hear back from you guys. So feel free to email us at any time. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Excellent, man. That's great that you have Lisa on there, man. I'm actually uh, hanging out with Lisa in Vegas. Oh, this weekend, huh? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So, look, she's an incredible speaker too. So, that's great that she's put a stamp of approval on your project. I'm sure that, uh, you know, it carries just as much as weight as, uh, you know, she delivers too. So, congratulations, man. Thank you so much. And just the second point, just to get back to what you said a few minutes ago, man, the three-year manifesto, there'll be a mini course on my website that'll be launching within the next few weeks on alexechoes.com. So once again, a very simple URL to find, just alexechoes.com. 
There you go. Beautiful, mate. All right, so as we end this interview right here, right now, I always finish with this last question. The question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? My last 30 seconds to the world. And what I look at when I think about the world, man, are to young boys and girls. You know, because I once was one of those people who had no idea what was actually possible in life. You know, and, and learning what was possible in life, I need to figure out who I was. So if I had 30 seconds left, my, 30 last, my last 30 seconds of a speech would be something along these lines. You know, in this life, no matter how difficult it may be or how tough or hard the pressure may sometimes feel, I hope you find the courage to be yourself. Because in having the courage to be yourself, that's when you figure out how you can create the biggest impact in life. You know, having the courage to be yourself is how you find the tribe, how you find the network that is there to mint, to support you and to lift you up, to, you know, to help you be the best version of you poss- that you possibly can. You know, it's the courage of being ourself that allows us to live the life that we've always dreamed of, but most importantly, allows us to find the happiness that we all speak of and, and wish for. So finding that courage to be yourself and that finding that courage to love yourself. You know, because we all have flaws. We all have downfalls. But, you know, finding that courage to just be who we are will make us as successful as you possibly can. So I hope you find that for yourself.